0: Monday Night Raw, podcast from the shadows, Blake doing the damn thing, WWE. Now, y'all already know what it is, but I'm a little frazzled right now. I ain't even going front, and I apologize for missing out on the recap and review yesterday, but we all know the only important people anticipate my opinion about this, whatever. Brock Lesnar going uh, number one in the Rumble. It's a little rehash of seeing it before. The title ain't on the line, but I like that. Brock is going in. It makes the story compelling. Some people are talking about how it doesn't make sense, but it's like, can you really make sense of a story that hasn't finished yet? No, you can't. You have to just wait to see how it all plays out. Heyman Heyman cut a real good promo this time around. It was actually a real good night of promos in WWE in general for Raw. So I thought, I thought that was real good. Uh it went out there, predicted, a, well, didn't really predict, delivered a bit of spoiler for everyone. And, um, it's going to be interesting to see how Brock goes from number one, see how far he goes. And if he wins, that'll be highly entertaining. People are coming with their own little twists and ideas. I've seen, oh, how if he wins, is he just going to be the person? Like, I think if he wins, we'll just have the next couple of pay-per-views after Royal Rumble leading the WrestleMania to create a number one contender, maybe more than one. Who knows? We'll just see how it goes. I'm assuming it's going to be real superstars. But all in all, that was a good opening segment. I'm not mad at it at all. And we don't see Brock like that. So when we do get to see Brock, he's going in and you know, gauntlet style. You know what I mean? And he's taking on, you know, everyone. So it's going to be good. I, I'm I'm definitely anticipating that one. Uh, Samoa Joe clearly going in. He's going to have a six-man tag with himself and the mystery partner taking on uh, Seth and the Architects of Pain, or, or the Authors of Pain, however we want to write it. Either way, uh, those th- those guys gonna go at it. Joe talking about he got a surprise. We're gonna see how that goes uh, later on in the evening. But it was definitely uh, it, it was good stuff because it was like, well, what? And it definitely had everyone wondering what was going to, you know, take place during the evening uh andrade took on Rey mysterio the united states championship rematch where ray was challenging to get the championship back they went out their way to you know really try to push the storyline of ray almost retiring and you know staying out of retirement because of uh dominic and such like that trying you know heartfelt enough so i wasn't mad at that um It was a great match between Andrade and Rey. This was the first hour. I really thought that this was going to continue to be the theme of the evening. Or with some more, you know, funny shenanigans here and there. But no, Rey Mysterio and Andrade went in there like we always said. They put on good matches from back in SmackDown when they first started going at it. Now Andrade's United States Champion. And Rey is making them look real, real good. So uh, they went in there and they actually had a very good match. They had enough time to make the moves matter. And make them feel like they meant something. And it was just a championship match. Zelina with the little one, two, three, uh, rope break with the foot, man. And then the ref actually counting three. It made the story interesting. It made people wonder what was going on, you know, and just kept everyone interested. The match was restarted. So shout out to Labunyanka for that. That was flames. I thought that was, I thought that was real cool. They went in there and um, yeah, the little, the, I, it's not a botch, but, and I really don't know how uh, all the confusion took place. The story was told. They tried to patch it up as best as they could with the confusion toward the end of the match. But Rey did bump his head in the Zelina type hard, so it's like, wait, is this real or is this just craziness right now? We don't know, but it was still good stuff. Andrade picks up the victory with the Hammerlock DDT to a confused uh Rey Mysterio, and I mean, he looked good. I thought it was, I thought it was just very, very good stuff. I enjoyed it, and I'm, I'm happy to see that, uh, you know, we were able to get a really good United States Championship match. Now, if we're going to be getting a change to the championship as far as design goes, man, with guys like Andrade going, you know, as champion, and that that's going to make it look awesome. I mean, the Mexican luchador gear, speaking of luchador gear, uh, Ray got scalped. That's how they was calling it back on uh, 205 Live when uh, one of the guys who aren't with us anymore Uh, Was taking on the Lucha House Party Taking all their masks So now we've got uh, You know Ray and Andrade going through that same thing I don't want to say Oh they're setting up a hair versus hair match They're setting up a hair versus mask Or you know title versus mask Like I don't know Ray got a million masks Andrade actually with his hair down Was looking pretty good I thought he you know He handsome enough You know like we see We see what Chevrolet sees in him But uh, I mean, if that's to, if that's supposed to be the compelling angle, I mean, I guess, but I don't really, you know, I'm not really huge on that idea, but this is just speculation for now. We'll see how it goes, and uh, time will tell. Either way, triple threat tag team matchup between the Viking Raiders, uh, the Street Profits, and the OC, one-on-one-on-one, uh, on one on one or two-on-two-on-two, on two on two, I guess. Had a good match, real standard, couple fun spots, couple good moments, surprise moments, A uh, crazy send time from uh, forward to the outside. That was fun. Some power moves. It was good stuff. Uh, Eric looking real strong in there, tossing around Big LG. It was good. It was a good matchup. Uh, the Viking Raiders picked up the victory. Street Profits didn't look weak, didn't take the pin. And uh, I mean the OC at this point, in my opinion, because they've got the accolades, they got. I mean, I want to see them pick up wins, but I mean, it's I don't script the product. So uh, you know, it was a, it was a good triple threat tag team match for the championships. That was cool. Becky Lynch came out, cut a promo on Oscar. Uh, the story is she's doubting herself, taking on Oscar, and it's uh, it's it's. I think it's cool the WWE went about it like that, trying to keep Becky up there, but, you know, the people that, like, the casuals or even the hardcores, or somewhere in between, like, where I'm at, you know, that uh, find inspiration in some of these characters' storylines. It's like, okay, well, how is this gonna play out? Becky's feeling the way we all seen. Becky didn't necessarily beat Oscar. Not only did she not beat the Oscar, she tapped out the Oscar, which is, you know, clearly uh, more devastating, you know, says the story. So it's like, I mean you know Becky's second guessing and Oscar comes out and oh man Oscar was talking all sorts of Japanese just being Oscar being I don't want to say crazy Oscar but just being Oscar and it was great I thought that was very cool it made me laugh uh, she had the intensity in moments and I don't even think she flipped to the English part, you know, but it doesn't matter because Becky came through with a punch, uh, a little rehash of the women's right thing. You know, we see the, I mean, we're on SmackDown, in my opinion, do have their own separate identities, but there are times when they'll just take storylines like this is our version. Go ahead and top that. It really reminds me of back when Shane and Stephanie were commissioners you know, this a couple years ago, but it reminds me of that. And uh, it was uh, it was good to see uh, Becky look strong there. I didn't really want to see Asuka get laid out with one punch. Becky's not really known for that, and you could tell just off uh, aspects of the form. But at the same time, it was still uh, it was a good segment. And Becky, Becky's been on a roll with her promos. I would just say, I uh, let's say the past uh, past five promos, Becky's been on point for all five. Uh, I don't really. I have complaints like anything that I'm looking at would just be like really small and nitpicky, which is I just don't like doing that. So uh, it's I right. uh, Rowan backstage uh, runs into Mojo. Mojo wants to know what's in the cage like everyone else. What marsupial is this? What what reptile is this? Is it a is it a baby T-Rex? You know, is it a is it a kangaroo? R.I.P. Smoking Joe, you know, is it a giraffe? Is it is it a is it a mongoose? Is it a rat? Is it is what is it? We don't know. Uh, Rowan takes a look and is it a talking head? Every uh, Rowan shows Mojo. Mojo looks inside and has, in my opinion, and I'm the only one with this opinion apparently, but he had the moment of the night with just a reaction to whatever was in the cage. He screamed. He had a whole moment. He backed up. What is wrong with you, man? All that. It was great. It was. It was. That shit was hilarious to me, part of my PG. But that was just quite, quite entertaining. So Mojo sold that beautifully. Uh, I don't know. Let's not go too crazy. You know what I mean? We don't have to redo it again. Just let that magic stay. You know, let that simmer for a little while. If there's more to it in a couple of weeks, then there'll be more to it. But it was still very, very good stuff. Uh, Rowan took out, what's his name? K.J. Orzo. Like the rice, but you've seen his name spelled. The guy wanted to fight, guy got his ass kicked. He's running around, he's trying to tell a little bit of a story in the ring. It was good stuff, it was fun. Uh, of course, obviously, Rome picked up that victory, no questions asked. AJ, well, he took on Tozawa next. Uh, quick match. The main story here, you know, shouts to Tozawa, but the main story here was AJ. Uh, mocking Randy Orton, pretty much taunting Randy Orton, doing all of Randy's signature stuff, the DDT, the Draping DDT, all it was, the RKO. I actually glanced away for a brief moment, so I didn't get to see AJ hit that RKO. Like, I didn't see the bump, I just heard it, and it was like, oh, man. Well, still, I know it was funny, but AJ with his impressions are some of the most comical things WWE has to offer. He's one of the best. I mean, what was it? AJ did his Stone Cold impression and was very good back at either Raw 25 or the Raw Reunion. I think it was the Raw Reunion, but it was uh, good stuff. So now he's doing Randy's pose, and I'm, I'm calling it, he did that shit all wrong, but that's what was so funny about it. It was really good stuff, so shouts to uh, AJ for... You know, having that sense of humor enough to make it look comical. And, I mean, you know, I don't book it. He doesn't book it. But it's still, like, he played his part very well. So, with that, that was cool. Uh, uh, Lana and Bobby Lashley, after the fallout from the segment, uh, well, from the marriage segment or wedding segment from last week, that was, it was, uh, you know, what I guess it was what was to be expected from the two. We had uh, both of them out there. They was talking. Everyone was wondering, like, all right, are we going to get Liv to come out and, you know, talk some more? But I honestly think that would have dampened it. That would have fizzled it out. It would have been a little too much too fast, in my opinion, in my opinion. And I, I think WWE did fine with that. Cut to a 24-7 champion segment. Longest reign in R-Truth backstage talking with Charlie CrossFit. And... um, yeah, he, he, she, he, you know, they're they, should congratulating him. See if he got something to say, like what are plans. But then up pops, well, up pops Liv Morgan. Yay. Father Liv is uh, on camera, on screen. And, you know, she's, she's, I guess, back around. We're all interested to see uh, how she's grown and evolved in the ring. But because of this little storyline, myself and Liv... I, I'm I'm good with her. I've been wanting to see Liv Morgan back for months now, uh, and and we got to see her. You know, so I'm happy to see. And we'll just we'll just see how uh, what the storylines offer in the coming weeks and months on WWE television regarding that. Uh, that was good stuff though. Uh, Charlotte took on Sarah Logan, and man, oh man did they have a fun little scrap, like a fun quick brawl. Uh, Nobody was friendly. Sarah Logan take Na- or took Natty's place from last week. See if they could create a new star her because she was 100% aggressive. Winning there was allowed to fight a little bit more. Of course, Charlotte picks up you know the overall win, but Sarah Logan did not look weak out there at all. She was actually taking the fight. She made it look like there was a fight going on and. That's really all you can ask for with women superstars that are on the up and up. I've got ideas what when it comes to how superstars can get built, but at the same time there is only but so much television time. So you can't just get everything out the way in one week. We'll see how it continues. But it was okay. Drew McIntyre, is he a baby face now? He gets a little countdown with the Claymore. He's talking to the crowd. You know, they're cheering for him. They like him a lot more now. Or he's a lot more likable, you know, just as far as the scripting goes. So, good stuff on that. He gets in there. He beats up the conga line, which is uh, oddly not a heel tactic. I want to call it heelish. But at the same time, it's like, do we really like the conga line? I like No Way Jose. It took me a little second. You know, sometimes you forget or you lose sight of, you know, the the crowd interaction. Like, as as... You know, fans, critics, uh, viewers, followers of the product—all separate categories. But as people that pay attention to this every week, you know, you can lose sight in the fact that it's somewhat of a variety show. It's for—it's something in there for everyone. So, and and the crowd—you know—if you've ever been to an event, it can get real dry and dull in the building if you know they don't do things to keep the energy high. So. No way Jose music come out. We're not going to front. Jose's music is great. He always has a good energy. It's just like, man, you ain't here getting beat up. If you happy being an enhancement talent, then go right ahead. But that's not me saying that. That's just the way it looks on television. The crowd interaction part, and this is just me as one that watches the product, the one that follows it. It's it's just like New Day and the Pancakes. No comparison. But it's like, Well, like, you know, no serious comparison, no relative comparison outside of the crowd interaction. Like, it keeps the crowd excited. It gets them back into the show. It it, it turns things up. And, I mean, you know, Jose went out there, had his fight with Drew. Drew beat him up. It was good stuff. I think Jose had a little bit of offense, but at the end of the day, he got beat up. The crowd was really on a one-more-time thing. Uh, and, And, you know, Drew looked great. And he hasn't had a championship opportunity since he's been on the main roster? Since he's been around? Ra- like, wait, what? You know what? Let's see what Drew got. Now, I don't know if we're going to rush him straight into the United States champion. Well, excuse me. I don't know if we're going to rush him straight into the, you know, main championship picture. Or if he's going to go to the United States championship picture. This is the one These are the times where I kind of missed the European championship and the light heavyweight championship and shit like that. Because- well, part of my PG. But I missed that because... these these championships were like they meant something and they gave a little bit of clout to the other superstars not saying oh bring them back let's see them again but i mean you know uh, it's superstars that in my opinion aren't floundering but can be defined as floundering because there's no chase except for after two titles or after two championship belts so it's like "Eh, eh." but either way Drew picked up that victory, and I was, uh, you know, happy with that. It's good stuff. Alice the Black uh, taking on Shelton Benjamin and winning, but Buddy Murphy coming out after the fact with the post-match beatdown was uh, the real focal point of the match. I thought it was uh, good stuff. From uh, Buddy Murphy. I thought it was great stuff from Shelton. It was just good to see him back in there keeping up with Alistair for the most part. And Alistair, I mean, he went in there and he's clearly being positioned as one of the guys that are uh, that is gonna be on the top of the card one day. You know, like no question asked. I'm um if we're gonna keep going with Buddy Murphy and Alistair Black, I almost wanna say let's let's save this one for sometime after the rumble. You know, like I I I had my thought on it and I'm going to continue to brainstorm on it. But, yeah, I mean, maybe these guys can go and pick up a victory for themselves. And, like, Buddy Murphy could go fight someone else and definitely win. And Alistair Black could go and fight and definitely win. At the Rumble, these guys end up one-on-one or face-to-face for a brief moment. And it's like the crowd goes crazy. And this can continue things uh, down the line into the next pay-per-view. And it'll be like, oh, okay, because we haven't seen them fight. We've seen them stand off. And then they don't fight for whatever, but they definitely build toward the next pay-per-view. I think that would be a great idea, personally. I'm not one that books the product, but, you know, the people definitely like uh, both of them. You know, but you don't want Buddy Murphy to look weak. We know how WWE likes to try to, uh, what's the word, Uh, condition the audience with wins and losses. So we don't want to see you guys take too many losses because then they'll just simply be uh, cast aside and we're waiting for the next superstar to come around. Like, everyone's been waiting for, like, the Rhea Ripley energy to come around and, uh, you know, uh, just deliver what it is we're looking for from that aggressively dominant standpoint, you know? But uh, either way, uh, it was good stuff to uh, the Black. And, I mean, y'all heard what I had to say about that stuff. Uh, So then I guess the main event Six man tag We had Samoa Joe We had K.O. And these guys are going to be taking on Who was it? Seth and the A.O.P. Who, who, who was it That Joe was talking about? We had uh, Pardon me We had Joe uh, showing KO what was what from, uh, well, showing him who was the secret, the, po- well, the secret partner from backstage. And uh, KO is like, oh, yeah, these guys are definitely going to have a problem now. Very, very, very funny stuff uh, <laughs> because it turns out to be the big show. And I'm like, not against it. The only reason why I wasn't necessarily against it is because, you know, it's Big Show. We all love Big Show a great deal. And uh Pardon me, nasties on the road. Really don't know what they dealing with today because I ain't even in the mood or the energy. But either way, uh we had Smoke Joe. A big show at KO, taking on Seth Rollins and the AOP. It was a hilarious surprise. You you know it's it happens at least once a week. Sometimes longer segments, more than one segment, you know, in a row. Sometimes scattered segments. But uh, yeah, the, the you know the boss is trolling the crowd. But at the end of the day. He's only trolling the ones that like complaining about stuff. So uh, I'm, I'm happy that Big Show was able to get back in the ring. He still got it. You know what I mean? He's no spring chicken. But, you know, for the nostalgia and everyone's talking old hill face turn, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, this is his millionth one. Like, I'm not even about to complain about that. This is a part of, you know, like, I guess if you've been watching for a longer period of time, just with the, the pure heart, I guess, then you can find enjoyment in these segments where, you know, you got the older superstars, these legends. Big Show, one of the one of the top ambassadors in the company. You know, it, I could go on for days and days about my respect for the Big Show, but it was just really, really good to see him back in the ring. I was happy that he's back in the ring, and it made me laugh. I'm, I'm not gonna front. I genuinely laughed out loud for a couple of minutes. The only thing that really compared to that was the moment with Mojo Rawley backstage. Oh, that was the crazy part with that cage thing. Did the animal spit on him, or was he already bleeding from beginning? You know what I mean? Like, and it just, you know, random happening in the match, or did something hit him with the red mist from inside? Is it a vampire bat? What what else spit? Is it a Venus flytrap? I don't even know what to make of it, but it was uh, entertaining enough. Um, this was Monday Night Raw. It was fun. It was a good show for the most part. It was it was a show that I, I'm, I'm not against. I had fun watching it. I enjoyed uh, the builds. Some people would throw, call it a throwaway. I wouldn't call it a throwaway. But I would definitely say that it was a Raw that is definitely building toward Royal Rumble. Uh, we're going to see how things continue to uh, roll out tonight on NXT. 10 from Raw, 10 from SmackDown, 10 from NXT, Royal Rumble. Very, very good idea. I'm excited to see what names we're going to get, and I'm excited to see who's going to win overall. So uh, that'll be that. When it happens in a couple of weeks, stream live on the WWE Network. This is Shouts to everybody that, that uh, brings you the podcast each and every week. I'm going to be around for NXT tonight, paying attention, and um, yeah, hope you're watching too. So uh, eventually we can uh, all like get into this. See when the next takeover is. I think it's uh, World's Collide. I don't even know, but we'll see because we know that the market of Behemoth is going to make sure that we recall. So with that, uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace.